Welcome back to Second and Short. It is Friday, July 28th, 2023, and I'm back with my man, Luke. No power outages. No, no nothing. I actually clicked record on this episode. I got the date right. There is nothing wrong with this episode today. Luke, welcome back. I'm so glad to be back, but it's kind of sad because I feel like uh, second and short versus technology is becoming like one of the biggest rivalries out there right now. And it's uh, not a fun one to be a part of. Yeah, it's <laughs> certainly caused us some some issues in the past. Internet, power, clicking the right buttons. Um, yeah, it's caused us some issues, but I've, it's nothing we can't overcome. Nothing. I mean, the episodes are still coming out, still yep. coming out on time, even if you have to do it by yourself. And even if you and Colin, you know, have after, to record again after recording yeah. for two hours. <laughs> yeah. Look, we're doing so, it for you guys. And you guys can show your appreciation for what we do for you by following us on all the socials, downloading the episodes, and especially sharing it with your friends, you and your loved ones this year. Don't you, don't let another person you know go a day without listening to your favorite podcast second and short yes it's as simple as that but before we get into everything let's talk about what we're talking about we got a little bit of mlb to talk about it's trade season trade deadline is next tuesday um so a whole lot's going down we got a great weekend of baseball to talk about as well and then we're going to continue our division previews in the nfl with the afc south got some interesting stuff to talk about. Luke gave me a little preview of what he's got, and um, safe to say it might take a few minutes. <laughs> and then, I mean, it's it's an interesting division, and I'm excited to get into it. Yeah, and then we're going to talk about the Premier League Summer Series, which is going on uh, in uh, America, and we're going to talk about Luke's experience as he went to the Chelsea-Newcastle game last night. And then I am going to announce my final three teams for my Premier League fandom. And also talk about the two teams that didn't move on into the final three and why I chose not to. And we'll go through some transfer news and finish it off with Stake Your Claim. Luke, you ready to get into this MLB recap? Yeah, you want me to kick it off? Yeah, man. All right, let me uh, get on to my Apple notes because I took them in the car ride. So, um, I'll, I'll just go ahead and start off with the Yankees. Uh Rodon got his first win as a Yankee. I think it was last night. He pitched 5.2 innings, only allowed four hits, uh, one run, three walks, only four strikeouts. But, I mean, hey, he's still getting it all together. And now the Yankees are 4-1 and one in their last five with the sweep versus the Royals. So I guess that kind of cancels out the uh, brutal Angel series that I was subjected to. And Aaron Judge can return as soon as Friday. So, Things are looking good despite the fact that we're in last place and the Red Sox just walked all over the Braves, which I'm not very happy about. So, yeah, yeah, I'm hoping that the Yankees can, you know, start to get a move on. But uh, Cashman said that we're not buyers, so that fucking sucks. (laughs) I I really don't know how much I believe that. Uh, I don't know. Cashman's a weird GM, man. So it, it could just be completely, you know, fugazi, but who the fuck knows? Because, like, yeah, he says that, but then I'm seeing a bunch of stuff about the Yankees showing interest in players. Yeah. Did you see that Otani's off the trade market? Yeah. I'm, I'll, I'll, we'll get into that. Okay, perfect. Um, Let's see. What else did I have? Uh, This is a pretty cool fact that I saw on uh, Instagram a couple days ago. Zach Greinke 
I, I hope you I hope you didn't see this, Grayson, but Zach Greinke has struck out 20% of the active managers in the MLB. That's funny. Yeah, and, Wait, and then I have, have a this list cool, of who they are. Any, any uh, I only wrote down one of them. Hang on, let me find it. In because um, I feel like I could probably I could maybe guess a couple. So the one that surprised me is he's actually three four eleven against Aaron Boone with four strikeouts. Okay, that's one of them. What about uh, AJ Preller? AJ Preller's not on there. Really? Okay. Skip Schumacher mm. is eight for twenty six versus Grinky, but he struck out uh, five times. Um, you got uh, Phil Nevins on here, zero for yeah. two with a strikeout. Um, is his name Craig Council? Yeah, Craig Council. Two for five with a strikeout against uh, Grinky. Uh, Mark Cosse, would say. Oh, oh, I know who you're talking. I'm trying to think. I think it's Cotse. Say he's four for sixteen versus Grinky with two strikeouts. Um, and then the last one was uh, Rocco Bedelli. He's ah. one for three with a strikeout against Grinky. So kind of funny there. Yeah. <laughs> um, Cody Bellinger and Christian Yelich are like back like it's 2019 again. I don't have the stats, but both of them are playing out of their fucking minds out yeah. of nowhere, uh, which is fun to see. So I, I don't know. I like seeing Cody Bellinger and Yelich do very good. Speaking of Yelich, did you see that diving catch that Ellie De La Cruz made off that rocket from Yelich? No. Dude. Oh, my God. <laughs> First of all, <laughs> Yelich hit the fuck out of that ball, but an insane, insane catch by Ellie De La Cruz. I like it. Um, speaking of baseballs moving really fast, uh, the Rangers traded for Aroldis Chapman earlier this season. He actually threw the hardest pitch by a Tex- uh, by a Rangers player in the StatCast era. He uh, he threw one hundred two point eight. Wow. Yep. And then my last little fun fact or fun stat that I saw was uh, the um, most third base errors since 2018. Do you want to guess who's first? Josh Donaldson. No. (laughs) Not even in the top three. Really? Um, Is it like a notable third baseman? It is. Is he a good third baseman? Good hitter. Mm. trying to think like, give you a hint he is the hero of this poverty franchise <laughs> poverty franchise jose ramirez is third on this really? list with 62 Henyo suarez has 65 this guy who i'm talking about has 108 108 errors yeah <laughs> what the he has fuck? 43 more than second place and it's rafael devers Oh my god. Yep. Wow. <laughs> and that actually does it for my MLB recap. I just really had a couple cool stats right. and fun facts. Well, let's yeah. talk about some trade stuff. Uh we'll go let's through some confirmed trades first. Um the Angels seem to be buyers now. They take Shohei off the market the other day. And then last night, we get the news that they're acquiring Lucas Giolito and Reynaldo Lopez for catching prospect Edgar Cuero and prospect Kai Bush. This is kind of crazy. I don't know if it was on the recorded version or the not recorded version of Wednesday's episode, but I did bring up that if the Angels wanted to throw off some prospects, Edgar Cuero would be a fantastic option because he's a top prospect and he's at the catcher position, which their number one prospect is a catcher. 
So they don't really need Edgar Cuero. So I said to trade him off. And they did. And they made a fantastic move. I love this trade for the Angels. Yeah, uh, Giolito, um, I was looking at his stats yesterday. And I, I know it's not, you know, like what we are typically accustomed to see from him. But he's really not having that bad of a year. And I feel like going to a team like the Angels, that's that's a pretty good pickup for them. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, and like, he just he brings the the option of, like, having a good game. Like, there's yeah. going to be days where he has a good game. The guy's got, like, I think since 2019, um, he's tied with a few guys at five complete games. Yeah. Okay. I was looking at that list earlier. He, like, him and, like, four other people are tied at five. Yeah, at five. I think Verlander has six, and then Sandy Alcantara has 11. Wow. 11? <laughs> yeah. Since 2019. Shit. I know that, you know, you and I aren't Angels fans, but for, for a team like them with all the, you know, big names that they have, yeah. it is nice to see them make moves in the right direction because, you know, as just kind of a neutral baseball fan, it would be cool to see them play meaningful baseball. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It'd be cool to see Mike Trout in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, for the second but, uh, time. For the postseason, but yeah. That sh- oh, certainly man. would be nice. Um, another confirmed deal. This one's interesting to me, but – uh, the Dodgers traded Noah Syndergaard to the Guardians for Ahmed Rosario. Yes. Yeah, that one. I don't know, man. I don't know. Like, I guess they need middle infield help. I kind of thought Kike Hernandez was going to play a little bit of middle infield for them after they picked him up. So, I get, like, I guess picking up Ahmed Rosario is okay, but he hasn't been very good. But then again, neither has Noah Syndergaard. No, but this is yeah. this is weird because this is two teams that are buying essentially. Like the the Guardians, not as much as the Dodgers, but the Guardians are in the position that they could be buyers and it'd be justified. But like this is weird because like these are two players that I could imagine a buyer trying to pick up off a seller, but not two buyers just trading him. Yeah, that makes sense. It was kind of like they. Um... Yeah, I don't know how to put it, but I, I do know what you're talking about. It kind of seems like they would have gone for, like, prospects and got one guy or the other kind of thing instead of yeah. just trading, like, two, like, buying players, I guess, be the best way to put it. I don't know. Yeah, it's yeah. Interesting. interesting trade. And then the Marlins made an interesting swap as well. They traded off their relief pitcher, Dylan Floro, to the Twins for the Twins relief pitcher, Jorge Lopez. Like it. Once again, two teams, the Twins, first in the AL Central, the Marlins. Honestly, they're going to make the wild card at this point. Once again, two buyers trading with each other. Very like, but this one is a very even trade. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And it's just like kind of, I I know the trade deadline hasn't hit yet, but I really thought that this – I thought that trade season for the MLB was going to be a lot more ridiculous than it has been so far. It'll heat up. Yeah. I I thought that, you know, people were kind of hyping it up and I thought that it was going to start strong, but I think you're right. It's just going to heat up later. Yeah. It always does. Like deadline day is crazy. Yeah. Cause like there, there's going to be moves where you're like, why'd that team make a move or why did that team trade that player? Like things like that. And it's going to happen a lot. But that's kind of the rest of the known, like the confirmed trades uh, outside of the ones that me and Colin talked about on Wednesday. But 
it looks like the Dodgers and Rays are both very much in on trying to get Lance Lynn. Ooh. I think if he goes to the Rays, that would be insane. Yeah, I, I guess the Dodgers, you know, offloading Syndergaard, that, you know, may give them a little bit more motivation than the Rays, though, you think? Could be. It could be. It, it's more just, you know, what are they willing to give up? Because the White Sox are kind of being weird about this. Like, they, they are saying no to everybody on Dylan Cease. Seems like it's a no for Tim Anderson as well. And, and they're trying to say that, like, we want to be contenders next year. You suck. You guys need to build up assets to to grow, not keep the same players that aren't winning you games now. Yep. In other words, you just want Dylan Cease to be a brave. Uh, if that if that's what comes out of it, that's fine by me. I want Lance Lynn to be a brave as well. Uh, no, you're exactly right, though. Um, you you can't you know. You can't say that you want to be competitive and you want to be active uh, in the trade, you know, market during like the deadline era, and then just pretty much decline everybody. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Interesting no, no decision sucks. from the White Sox. Yeah. yeah, they don't want to be buyers or sellers. <laughs> Is what it's. They want like. to be involved. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't oh, know. Oh man. Uh, I, so I don't really know where the Yankees are at. Because, like we just talked about, like we don't really know if they're buyers, but they're certainly not going to be sellers. Um, it seems weird. I have the the main player I've been hearing is I've been hearing a lot of Cody Bellinger, and if that's going to take too much, I've been hearing a lot of Randall Grichuk from the Rockies. Yeah, I, I've been hearing a lot of Cody too, and obviously Shohei, but that's yeah. not going to happen anymore. Yeah, that's an off season. I- that's off season talk. It's just, I don't really care who comes to the Yankees. I just want offensive help. It, it's clear. It, it is so clear that Aaron Judge is the offense. And yeah. you're, we're not going to be able to win games and sustain long seasons with just him offensively. You know, it's going to take more. So Cody Bellinger would be really, really cool. But I, to me, he hasn't really proven his consistency yet. Like, yeah, I just brought up that him and Yelich have brought it back to 2019, but for how long? You know, we saw them just fall off the face of the earth for like four years. Yeah. So, and I mean, like, wouldn't that be the like the perfect player to go to New York? Like someone who was good, fell off, started doing good again, gets traded to the Yankees, and as soon as they're in the pinstripes, we all know what's going to fucking happen. Yep. I mean, it's, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what to do about the Yankees, man. <laughs> I don't either. I don't uh, know if they know what to do about the Yankees. I don't think they do. <laughs> uh, it does look so. Me and Colin kind of talked about this with Verlander and Scherzer. We don't really know if they're leaving or not, but it looks like the Giants have made some phone calls about Justin Verlander. Uh, so it seems like he is a possible option for them to go after if he's willing to waive his no trade clause. Now, that's something that I want to talk to you about because that's really interesting. Um, we talked about that division. Um, I think the last time we recorded and I, I was asking you, you know, how far you thought the Giants could go. If they get Verlander, does that change your opinion at all? Yeah, uh, I remember it, it you does. saying that you think they're like a kind of a third place, second place kind of team behind the Dodgers and the Diamondbacks. Where does Verlander put them now, in your opinion? I think they sit in the same place, but they're certainly contending more. Okay. Because, like, yeah, adding one starting pitcher is going to help 
My problem's the bats. I don't know if you um, have looked at their lineup recently, but I saw a stat. I think five or six of the people in their starting lineup yesterday started 2022 in single A. Oh, wow. Yeah, and it's not for good reason that they're up. <laughs> like, these aren't <laughs> yeah. players that are, like, playing very well. They're just players that they have, and they're there. That's interesting. Not even, like, AAA. No. That's insane. <laughs> yeah, it, it is wild. But, yeah, I, I, the trade market is in a weird spot. Yeah, of course, you know, people are going to rumor about everything. And everybody needs something. That's the thing. You hit the trade deadline, and every single fan base is going to be like, okay, well, we're getting this guy. But, like, you're not. You're not getting yeah. that guy. It, it, that <laughs> never happens. <laughs> yeah. And, it's funny. like, I, I think there's some guys that are on the market that aren't even, like, trade-worthy. Like, Jared Walsh just got DFA'd by the Angels to make roster space with the Lucas Giolito and Ronaldo Lopez coming to the team. Jared Walsh is a guy that if I've got money to spend, I'll pick him up. If I need a first baseman or if I just need a bat in general, pick up Jared Walsh. Yeah, he has not been good, but we've seen it before. We've seen him play well. Why not gamble on it? Because you're not even going to have to give anything up. I think that's where people really need to capitalize. I think the Braves have done a good job of that in past years where a guy gets dropped and you pick him up late. I think that's how we got Eddie Rosario. And okay. it just, it, it seemed, or no, I don't think it was, who was that? It wasn't Eddie Rosario. Oh, it was a couple of years ago when we picked up a Danny Echeverria and he played very well for like a couple of weeks when we needed him to. But like, you can find some pretty solid guys that get DFA'd around the trade deadline because teams have to make roster space for the acquisitions that they've made. That's where some of these teams need to capitalize if they don't want to be buyers per se. Yeah, that, that's a that's a really good point. But I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of non-buyers. So Definitely. I, teams are going to have to be pretty aggressive, I think, if they're going to go the DFA route. Yeah, I think the problem's going to be this year that there's a lot more buyers than sellers. Yes. Because, yeah. look, if you look at the AL East, honestly, all five of those teams could be buyers if they wanted to. Yep. And... Okay. You look at the AL Central, yeah, maybe the Twins and Guardians are, but they're very light buyers. They're not going to go out and go crazy. Rangers and Astros are buyers. The Angels have kind of established themselves as buyers already, but the Mariners aren't going to sell. The Oakland Oakland doesn't have anything to sell, but they would be willing. And then you go into the National League, the Braves, Phillies, and Marlins are all going to be buyers, but it doesn't look like the Mets want to sell. And then Washington could be sellers. Do you think Brent Rooker's on his way out? Maybe. Um, he's been on and off. Injuries is a problem. Kind of that whole core of their team has been on and off, though they're playing a little bit better. Yep. Like, Asturi Ruiz has been out at times. Uh, like you said, Brent Rooker, Ryan Noda. Like, kind of the only pieces that seem to have had bright spots this year are on and off the injured list. But... In the National League Central, the Brewers, Reds are easily buyers. I don't think the Cubs want to be sellers, and it doesn't seem like they want to give up the pitching, but Bellinger could be on the way out. Cardinals seem to not want to sell either. 
And then Pittsburgh, maybe they sell, but not at the rate that you'd think. And then the National League West, Dodgers, Giants, Diamondbacks are all buyers. The Padres won't sell, and then the Rockies are probably sellers. Nice. I like it. Like it, it Very just, interesting stuff. Yeah, like, I just, I feel like there's going to be a lot of teams that want things that they're certainly not going to get. They, they even need things that they won't get. That's the problem. Gotcha. Do, do you think there's going to be anything crazy on uh, deadline day? Like, like, what do you think will be the biggest trade this season? Like, predict it. Um, I think nobody's talking about it, but Juan Soto could be traded. I have Jeter said Juan Soto to the Yankees. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I don't know if that's the spot. <laughs> but. Yeah. He certainly could be traded. Yeah, dude, I saw this one Juan Soto stat a couple days ago where it was like he's now hit. Um, he's had like five or four um, 20-plus home run seasons now. He's like only 25 or like 24 years old or something like that. Yeah. Ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, he's insane. Whenever, yeah. whenever you want to remind yourself why Juan Soto is good, you go and you look at the walk leaders in the MLB every year. And he knows find, how to get on base, man. Dude, he does. He's insane at just getting on base. I'm going to pull it up right now because he's always so far ahead of everybody. Um, let's see. Where is it at? Base on balls. Okay, he's actually not. <laughs> oh, usually. Or am usually. I looking at Am I? Oh, wait, I'm only looking at the AL. That's why. Yep, there he is. In first place by 24. Damn. He has, so is he's, the walked, reason that... he's walked 95 times. Second place has 69. How? Is it just like a combination of like, not only is he a scary bat to throw to, but he's also just got really good like vision and plate discipline? Yeah, he has fantastic plate discipline. That's his biggest... The biggest part of his game, honestly. And the ball grab. Yeah, the Soto shuffle. Soto shuffle. But <laughs> I think this is a good time for me to get into winners and losers. Yeah, let's hear them. My first winner, Sandy Alcantara. Who thought? Who would have thought? Because he's been having a stinker this year. But <laughs> seems like he's getting back on track with his performance on Wednesday. A complete game. Like we talked about, his 11th now since 2019. Nine innings pitched, only five hits, one earned run, seven strikeouts, and one walk. And that one walk is the biggest part of this for me. If you're going to show that good of control throughout nine innings of work, I trust you. Like I, yeah. tr I trust that this is the <laughs> real deal. It's not a fluke. If you can show that good of control throughout an entire nine innings and, and like, it wasn't like they were playing some horrible team. Like I, I think they've been playing. I think it was against a decent team. If I that complete game was against the Rays. I mean, they they yeah. have been slipping, but like still, that's I mean, that's nothing to scoff over. Yeah, you're playing the Rays, who have fantastic hitters up and down the lineup. Yeah, Yandy Diaz didn't play, but still. You only give up five hits, which is certainly not bad when you're facing the Rays. And 
the fact that Sandy Alcantara is doing this and keeping the Marlins in this great position is huge because the biggest thing that I saw them needing at the deadline was pitching. But if Sandy's going to pitch well, you don't really need it. Jesus Lazardo had a great outing the other day. I think he put up 13 strikeouts. Edward Cabrera is slowly starting to turn it around. Uh, I do question the fact that Johnny Cueto is in this rotation while Yuri Perez they sent down to the minors. That makes no sense to me. But they have some decisions to make, and they have some acquisitions to make at the trade deadline that I think could make them a team that could sneakily push themselves you know, past maybe the first round of the playoffs. Dude, um, did you hear about Cueto's game, the last one that he pitched in? No. It was on the 22nd. Um, it, it was like a complete like vintage performance. It was so cool. Um, they ended up losing 4-3 to the Rockies, but Cueto went six innings, only allowed two hits, uh, gave up one run, uh, and had eight strikeouts and one walk. That's not bad at all. Not bad at all. Yeah, so the NL East battle for second place is really sick, though. I'm yeah. definitely going to be paying attention to see who comes out on top because they are so close right now. <laughs> yeah, well, who comes out in second? <laughs> yeah, second. yeah, had to had to make sure you put that in there. Yeah, Braves fan, dude. I I got we got ten <laughs> games on the Phillies. <laughs> I, yeah, <laughs> I gotta rub it in. Um, yep. my first loser of the week, Ellie De La Cruz, but only when he's facing the Brewers. In the nine <laughs> games he's played against the Brewers, he's gone five for thirty three, with one extra base hit, one walk, and he has struck out ten times. It's kryptonite. It is, yeah. The Brewers are his kryptonite, which is a bad team for that to be since they're in your division. Uh, yes. But, yeah, his slash line in those nine games, a 152 average, 176 on base, and a 242 slugging. You know, I'm kind of glad he ended up on the losers list. I, I mean, I love yeah. this kid, but, like, we got to knock him down a peg whenever we get the chance because yeah. it's not going to be often. Yeah, he made the winners <laughs> literally on Wednesday. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, my next winner, though, a guy that I really never thought we'd talk about on this podcast because he's the epitome of average, but not this month. Edward Julien, or Edward Julien, uh, the man has been crazy in July. He's batting four fifteen, a five hundred on base percentage, and an eight forty nine slugging in this month with six home runs, three doubles, and a triple in fifty three at bats. Damn. Yeah, dude is absolutely lighting it up. Uh, my next loser, though, the big free agent signings from this past offseason. Trey Turner, Xander Bogarts, Carlos Correa, Dansby Swanson, and then Francisco Lindor, who was a re-sign. They signed for a total of $1.3 billion worth of contracts. And they're hitting a combined 246 with a 733 OPS this season. And when you look at players around the league with those kind of stats... That lines up for the same offensive production as a 37-year-old Carlos Santana this season. <laughs> and, I, dude, I thought I thought Trey Turner was Captain America before the MLB season yeah. started, dude. That, that whole <laughs> baseball classic was crazy. Yep. Uh, Lord. But he sure as hell isn't. He might be uh, the worst it, of that list that I just read off. It just makes you wonder, like, where the Phillies would be if their players were actually playing, you know, to their potential. Yeah, it seems like Nick Castellanos is the only one doing it. <laughs> Which is even more funny. <laughs> yeah, he's the guy that I would assume wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
But my oh, next man. winner, the Red Sox, when they're wearing their yellow City Connect jerseys. Oh, God. They're 21-4 and four when wearing this jersey since they debuted it. Yep. Which and uh, ruined the Yankees on Father's Day weekend in that uniform. Yeah, and they ruined the Braves this week in it. Uh, and this season, they're 6-0 and when wearing that jersey. Wow. So maybe they just need to make that their home jersey. <laughs> right? Do we – why is that their city connect? Like what is the yellow I think it has blue? something to do with like their transportation system. Interesting. I, I don't know. It's kind of lame. Um, but my next loser, the Dodgers analytics department. And this one has to do with that trades, the two trades they've made. So there's two qualified players in the MLB this year with an OPS below 680 and a negative six outs above average or worse. And the Dodgers picked up both of them, Ahmed Rosario and Kike Hernandez. So not only are they bad in the field, they're also bad at the plate. And the Dodgers were just like, yep, we need these guys. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't get it. I get maybe maybe they're going for like an anti-money ball thing here. <laughs> but like, yeah. come on. <laughs> oh, man. I, I, I don't know what it is about you, Grayson, but you, you have this tone that you get when you talk <laughs> about like sports. And it's like. You have this very smart-assy tone, and yeah. I think it is so hilarious when you make jokes like that. It, it always makes me giggle. Yeah, no, it's the Dodgers are just stupid. Yeah, I, I mean, fuck the Dodgers. Yeah. Who likes the Dodgers outside of L.A.? Uh, I know like. one person. Who's that? Uh, some girl that I met in one of my classes at KSU. Oh, wow. I think she's from, like, <laughs> Idaho. Massive Dodgers fan, huh? Yeah. I guess Terrible. it's the best team that's – on the West. Yeah. I'll give it to her. True. True. But nonetheless, let's get to this next winner because this guy's on the East and he is lighting it the fuck up. Jackson Holiday. The kid is surging through the minor leagues. It's crazy. Just a couple of weeks ago, we we're talking about how he got pulled up to double A. First of all, he got drafted just over a year ago and he's killing it in his starts in double A. He's only played 10 games. He's 19 years old. And he has six multi-hit games in Double A, and is currently batting three fifty-seven with an OPS of nine twenty-four. Even better, he plays for the Orioles. I, I yeah. love it. It's just never ending with these fuckers from Baltimore. I don't get it. Like, where were these guys like five years ago? I, I don't understand. They're sixty-two and forty right now. Yeah, and their whole team is like twenty-three years old. <laughs> I don't get it. They could have easily gotten Shohei if they wanted to. Just offload everybody. Yeah, send if you sent out Jackson Holiday, Heston Kerstad, fucking DL Hall, yeah. you probably got him. But I don't think they want to give up on it. Oh man. They've got some stuff brewing, man. They really do. And then my really final do. loser of the week, baseball fans. You wanna know why? Why did we lose? Because Rob Manfred received a four-year extension. Oh, man. <laughs> yep. He will be the commissioner through 2028. But I, I think this could be a good thing because I think it's going to be his last contract. Okay. I, 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 that's kind of how I feel because, like, he's been in the game for quite a while now. And, you know, we're seeing Goodell – he signed that extension to kind of train his commissioner in waiting. 
Now, I think this is Rob Manfred's opportunity to do that. And Rob, if you are looking for a commissioner in training, I'm your guy <laughs> right here. <laughs> yes. I know all the inner workings. I may not have an MBA or whatever the fuck you think it takes to be a commissioner, <laughs> but I got a brain. I got a mind for the game, Rob. Keep that in mind. Something Rob. that he doesn't have. Yeah, just wait. I'll have my signature on the baseballs, bro. Why? Why <laughs> is it that it seems like out of like all the commissioner culture across all of sports, NBA has the healthiest? Oh, I, dude, I feel like Adam the, Silver it, is it's so, so good. Weird. Yeah, I don't get it. And it's like Roger Goodell and Rob Manfred. I feel like are so far behind in their like yeah. likeness to fans. Yeah, it's very very weird. I think Rob Manfred is in an interesting position because I think baseball is a sport like no other. And the way that rules impact the game and decisions of the commissioner impact the game is so different to the NFL. Okay. Like, yes, you can add the penalties and stuff or, you know, tweak the rules in some sort. But in the MLB, there's no salary cap. And so teams have this free reign to just do whatever they want. And it almost seems less controlled by the, like, league. Because, like, we see in the MLB, or not in the MLB, in the NFL, there's a salary cap, and teams have to actually deal with that and, like, cut and, and sign other players. In the MLB, if you have a rich owner, you have a good team. That's for the Mets. Well, I mean... On paper, you have a great team. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> you can just sign anybody with a name. Like, it's it's very interesting position that Rob Manfred finds himself in, but he doesn't help himself. Like, he has, you know, the calling the World Series a piece, uh, the World Series trophy a piece of metal, and he has the whole handling of the Astros situation and just numerous other decisions that he has made that have made him a villain to all MLB fans. And, and like, yes, Goodell has done the same, but it almost seems like he, you know, he makes a few good decisions here and there. It doesn't seem like we ever see a good decision from Rob Manfred outside of, in my opinion, the pitch clock. Okay. So, I, I don't know. He's, he's in an interesting position. But, nonetheless, I guess congrats on the extension, but fuck you. <laughs> should um, be me. Yeah, should have been me. <laughs> me and oh, Luke, man. co-commissioners of the MLB. I don't know if I'd really be that good, man. <laughs> I could do your paperwork. I could be your paralegal. Yeah. All right, that's cool. You can be my assistant. <laughs> yep. Secretary. Fuck yeah. All right. Yep. Well, that's going to do it for the MLB recap. Let's talk about this coming weekend because this is a fantastic weekend in baseball. Let me tell Dude, you. Dude, can I kick it off? Can I kick Go it ahead. off? I just noticed something that's very, very exciting. So Giolito is actually um, the projected starter for tomorrow against uh, the Blue Jays for the Angels. He's going to pitch against Gosman. Yeah, they're playing a doubleheader right now. I'm watching it. Yeah, that's going to be super exciting. Um the Yankees and Orioles could be exciting, depending on how you look at it. I mean, no one's – please, let's just not talk about the last series between yeah. the Yankees and Orioles. Actually, you know, We're a little bit hot right now, so maybe it'll be different. Probably I think, not. I think this series is really big for the Yankees in terms of their status as buyers at the trade deadline. 
Explain. If they can get two out of three or sweep this series, I don't think that's likely. But if they can, that puts them in a very good position because let's say they get two out of three, they'll be at 56 and 49. You're in a much better position than most at that point. It'll put you, you know, maybe closer to like a game or half a game out of the wild card spot in the American League. And then at that point, you're a buyer. Yeah, you know, I never really thought of it like that, but I think you're right. That's actually kind of crazy to visualize it. Is like even if I, I think is is it a four game series or a three game series? Um, I don't know. Do they play today? Yes. Then it's a four game series. Okay. No, they don't play. So today. they play on Friday. Oh yeah, never mind. Never mind. It three does games. start Friday. So that's that's just pretty interesting. It's only three games, but like I yeah. I think you're right. It's huge because it's kind of, yeah. you're gonna go into Tuesday. Let's say they win. Uh, do they play on Monday? Uh, let me see real fast. I'm on the screen. Uh, Sunday. Yeah, they play the Rays on Monday. If you get a win against the Rays on Monday and you're at 57 and 49, I think you're a buyer on Tuesday. Okay. Yeah. I, I guess. So, do you think there's a lot of other teams that are kind of in a similar situation going into the weekend? Uh, yeah. I think the Angels and the Blue Jays. They play each other, and I think the Blue Jays are kind of already in a buying situation, but if they like sweep this series, they'll be in a crazy good situation. But the Angels, if they sweep this doubleheader today, which as we're speaking, they're up 1-0 in the second, if they sweep the doubleheader today, that puts them at 54-49. and 49. And then they go into a weekend series against the Blue Jays, which is huge for them. If they can pick up two out of three there... I think they're also in a buying situation because they'll only be, you know, two, three games out of the wild card. I like it. Um, yeah, that's interesting, though. Uh, another series, though, probably the biggest, uh, the Rays play the Astros. Yeah. And uh, Christian Javier will take on Shane McClanahan on uh, Friday, so tomorrow. Very, very excited for that matchup. Yeah, that's a great matchup. Uh, we've also got Reds-Dodgers this weekend, which is oh, yes. another great matchup. Like yeah, Boston, uh, San Francisco, weekend. yeah, two. That's another yeah, one. Boston yeah, it, it's going to be a good one. Boston and San Fran, once again, a big one for both teams with their status as buyers. Yes. Yep. So, um, yeah, that's the weekend preview. There's a ton of great baseball to watch, and it's important for Tuesday. Yes, it's all it's very it's important. All, for Tuesday. It's all lining up for Tuesday, baby. And uh, just so you know, you're going to hear it on Wednesday. Everybody's going to hear about it on Wednesday <laughs> on this podcast that you're going to come back to and listen once again. Uh, it's going to be an exciting episode. It sure is. But let's keep yep. this one exciting and move on to the AFC South preview. And I just saw something. You know, Manoa is supposed to pitch on Saturday. <laughs> L. Yeah, L. But yeah, AFC South preview. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. The AFC South, obviously, the teams here: Colts, Texans, Titans, Jags. Um, I think this is going to be a fun division to watch next season. It is yeah. Uh, D Hop's coming back to this division, yeah, just to make it a little bit more star-studded than it already was. Um, the Jags have tremendous upside, especially on the offense with Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne, but also the addition of Calvin Ridley, the return of Zay Jones. Like, 
Yeah. A lot to look for with that Jags offense. Well, 100%. Um, I mean, the Colts, you know, they just brought in Anthony Richardson. It Honestly, regardless of how I feel how it's going to go, that's still, you know, a huge name uh, and a huge story, I think, going to come out of that division. Yeah. Um, we're going to have a healthy Shaq Leonard this year. Um, he pretty much was like off and on injured and not injured uh, all of last season. He's one of their kind of bigger name linebackers. Uh, he'll rejoin Zaire Franklin to kind of alleviate the pressure off of him. So, yeah, I mean, all, all these teams are in interesting spots, which is why I think this division is going to be interesting. I, I don't know if we're going to see, you know, a Super Bowl contender or honestly – I don't really know if we'll see any of these teams make a deep playoff run. Maybe the Jags, if the cards, you know, fall right yeah. and they play them right. But um, yeah, nonetheless, a very, very interesting, exciting division. Yeah. Well, let's start out with the standings. What does your standings look like? So I have the Jags winning it, um, but this is where it gets a little bit funky. I have the Texans coming in second okay. and Titans Colts. All right, yeah, I'm pretty similar. I got Jags, Titans, Texans, Colts, which like is it. coincidentally, so, I think, or no, it's close to how it was last year, but Texans, Colts switched. But Why did you think the Colts would come in last? I'm curious to see why you also put them in last uh, I think place. I think there's going to be a, a pretty heavy adjustment period for Anthony Richardson. It's going to yeah. take time for him to put himself in a great situation, and if that defense can't stay healthy like we saw last year, they're going to be screwed because, like, yeah, Shaq Leonard's fantastic, and they have other great players on that team, but yep. you lost Stephon Gilmore, you lost Bobby o- or Bobby Okereke, <clears throat> and you definitely just kind of sense that, like, the Colts aren't in a good position right now. They have a brand-new no. head coach. It's a very different look than what even last year looked like, which certainly wasn't good. It is. Um, and, and, but the weird thing with the Colts, though, is they still have players on this lineup like Quentin Nelson, Jonathan Taylor, Michael Pittman Jr., who I think is he, – he needs to make the jump. I'm I'm ready for this guy to make the jump because I think he's got a lot of uh, talent that he hadn't really unlocked yet. Um, yeah. Forrest Bunkner still on this team. Uh, Shaq Leonard will be healthy. Like I said, Zaire Franklin will be there, and Kenny Moore the second, who wasn't really healthy uh, that much last season either. So they have good players, but like you said, I think it's a really big adjustment period. And the biggest story out of all of it is I, I don't think Anthony Richardson's going to be able to get them even really third place, being the quarterback of this team. So yeah. I, I um, would like to uh, to know what kind of what put the Texans over the Titans for you. I I'm just really hyped about them. Um, okay. And I, I kind of, I'm gonna go ahead and let it lead into. I, they're my dark horse for this division. Um, these guys are sick. I, I think they made a lot of underrated offseason acquisitions. Aside from their crazy draft night, that I'm really, really excited about. Let me just run through some names w- uh, for you. So obviously, C.J. Stroud and Will Anderson are coming to the team. Both of those guys, I think, will have a tremendous impact. I love C.J. Stroud. I love Will Anderson, but. They brought in guys like Jimmy Ward, Shaquille Griffin, Denzel Perryman, Shaq Mason, Steven Sims, and Dalton Schultz, plus D'Amico Ryans. I am so excited for this Texans team. I I truly think that it is all coming together, and soon this team won't be a meme anymore. Yeah, and they have guys already there that are great players. 
And I think that my only like reservations from saying they'll be good is just that brand new head coach and brand new quarterback, a lot of guys that are new to the team that will be starting. Yeah, of course, you know, you kind of work out the kinks in training camp, but like once you get into the real grit of the regular season, it's going to be a little bit different. And I think they'll take a couple of weeks. You know, if they do turn up, I think it, it, it'll be a little bit further into the season than we think. For the Titans, for me to put them over the Texans is just kind of a merit thing. Like, yeah, Mike Vrabel has proved that he can be a good head coach and he can coach a winning team. They have, you know, they brought back some some solid players on the defense. They paid Jeffrey Simmons, which certainly needed to be done. They bring in DeAndre Hopkins. I think by the end of, you know, after a couple of weeks, we'll figure out what the right choice is at quarterback. And I think we'll see that quarterback um, battle play out on the field in the regular season. I, I think, yeah, of course, you know, there will be a day one starter settled in the preseason, but I, I – I don't know who's really going to be the starter. And yeah, uh, obviously that does cause like uncertainties, but you still have Derrick Henry to fall back on. Exactly. Yeah. They I mean they've always had Derrick Henry to fall back on. Yeah. <laughs> it true. feels like he's been, you know, the guy that's been that's had the whole team fall on top of him for the past like 4 years. <laughs> yeah, not only does the entire other team have to get together to tackle you but you also have your the weight of your entire team yourself on your shoulders. Yeah, it, but so are you saying that the Titans are your dark horse for the division? No, I actually think the Texans are. Even though I have the Titans okay. in second, I think they could certainly be bad. <laughs> and I think the Texans yeah. could definitely be very good. Yeah, no, I'm I am so pumped for the uh, for the Texans, man. Because ju- just to go back through it, I mean, Jimmy Ward, they brought him in as a safety. He'll probably play alongside Jalen Petrie, who had an amazing rookie yep. year that no one talked about last season. That's going to be amazing. We already know what Shaquille uh, Griffin can do. Denzel Perryman is a veteran middle linebacker. Shaq Mason is a guard on the Patriots. Any offensive lineman from Bill Belichick's camp is going to be decent. I mean, it seems like he's always had good ones. Yeah. Steven Sims made some noise with the Steelers at wide receiver. He didn't get much playing time, but hey, he's moving to his hometown team. He's from Houston. Maybe that'll, you know, give him an effect there. And then one of the bigger ones is Dalton Schultz, though. Um, if I'm a rookie quarterback man and I hear that my team has Dalton Schultz, I'm going to be super, super excited because Dalton Schultz, man, to me, he was really Dak Prescott's kind of safety outlet last year. Um, or Dak Prescott threw it to the other team. It was either yeah. Dalton Schultz, CD Lamb, or the other team. But uh, Dalton Schultz is very underrated and he's going to a very good situation. Yeah, I think he is going into a good situation. But I think one of the biggest things for the Texans is the guys that they still have. Derek Stingley is still there. Fantastic guy out there. You re-signed Laramie Tunsil. You gave him a bag. He is fantastic. You still have Damon yes. Pierce, who was the big one, so man. goddamn good last year. Yeah, yes. Like, it, it, Nico Collins, I think, is a fantastic guy to watch out for on this team. Um, I'm totally blanking on the guy's name. Uh, wide receiver actually- from uh, Houston that they drafted. But... He's Tank so, Dell. Yes, yeah, Tank Dell. Fantastic pickup as well. Him and CJ Stroud have a really strong connection. And I, I think that that 
that team could certainly be very good. I think it kind of comes down to how ready is D'Amico Ryans to be a head coach? Yeah, no, no, exactly. Um, and I have some cool D'Amico Ryans uh, stats that I never knew about. So uh, he was the 49ers defensive coordinator 2021-2022. Uh, obviously, we covered the 49ers. Um, Dick rode their defense a lot. Yeah. And D'Amico Ryans is, you know, he's a big part of that. Um, dang, they were so talented, man, defensively. And it, he, like I said, he was a big part of that. Um, as a player... Miko was a middle linebacker. He was drafted in 2006, second round to the Texans. Yep, he was Alabama. there from, two, yeah, out of Alabama, 2006 to 2011. And then he moved to Philly, 2012 to 2015. He was defensive rookie of the year in 2006, which I didn't know about. He was a pro bowl the next year and an all pro in 20, uh, in 2007. And then another pro bowl in 2009. So getting a very talented player as well. <laughs> if you ever, <laughs> yeah, need, if, if you ever need D'Amico to step on the field, I'm sure he gladly would. And the reason I'm saying that he could step on the field is because he's only 38 years old. It's yeah. really, it's given me some Mike Tomlin vibes. I, and yeah. I'm, I'm very, very excited to see, you know, what he can do with not only like a young team, but like a kind of a new team. You know, I just ran through all those transactions. Those are all guys that'll probably start. And that's a lot of new guys that you're bringing in. So I mean, I know we've been talking about it for a while, but this is a really, really exciting team that I think no one is talking about. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, let's go ahead and get into, well, I kind of switched it up from our last one, but last time we were doing it kind of as like guys that could be candidates for MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, whatever. Now I'm doing it almost as like a division-based award. So who are your nominees for the MVP of the AFC South? Um, my, my top three are, are just kind of the basic ones. I'm going D hop King Henry and Jonathan Taylor. Really? No Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. No, I, I put him as a maybe with okay. Calvin Ridley and Michael Pittman. Okay. I've got, yeah. So I've kind of got my top three and then my next three, which are Trevor Lawrence, Damian Pierce and Derek Henry. And yeah, then, Damian Pierce, for sure. Yeah, my kind of like first three off, Jonathan Taylor, Travis Etienne, Calvin Ridley. Yeah, no, I like all those. Etienne's another guy, man. I think he could seriously make a drastic improvement going into this next season. Yeah, yeah, I do as well. Um, any guys that you want to like talk in depth on with this list? Uh, I'll wait to I'll wait for the surprise players for okay. that. Interesting. Um. All right, well, let's talk Defensive Player of the Year in the AFC South. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and start. I'm going to go Jeffrey Simmons as my favorite. Ooh, okay. That's the Titans guy, right? Yeah. Interesting. I went with uh, DeForest Buckner and a healthy Shaq Leonard. I went with two Colts guys. Yeah, I like that. I have Shaq Leonard here as well. Um, and then Derek Stingley definitely could be there. Yes. And then I, I just gotta say his name, Foye Aluakon, man. Yes. He'll lead the league in tackles and yep. no one will fucking mention his name. Yep. I mean shout out Foye. Except for us. <laughs> We're big tackle guys over here. Yes. If you're not counting <laughs> tackles, you're not counting shit. Yeah. We like that classic football. <laughs> <laughs> Hard nose. Yes. <laughs> but uh my last guy, Will Anderson. Yeah. He could I certainly think so. be one of the best defensive players in this division. I like that take. But, um, yeah, I think 
to me, Jeffrey Simmons is just my favorite because he got the bag. He's showed it off for so long how good he is, but he's never gotten the recognition. But I think this season is when he gets the recognition. Everybody knows he got paid now. Everybody's starting to see him a little bit more. You know, we've seen him going on busting with the boys with Taylor Lewan and Will Compton. He's got a good personality. I think as a as somebody to watch, he is an entertaining person. He's also just a good ass football player. And I, I think that this year could be a career year for him. I like that. It's it's setting up for him nicely. Like you said, he's been good. He just got paid. He'll probably play even better. Um, yeah, I like that. I like that pick a lot. All right. Well, let's talk rookies. Who are going to be the best rookies in this division? Oh, man. Um, you think Stroud's on here? I do. I think he'll he'll definitely be one of the better rookies, but do you think how do you think he'll compare to the rest of the rookies? Like even offensively and defensively, like how effective will he actually be? I think it depends on how quickly he's ready to command an offense. It seems from reports from training camp and everything that he's already a leader there. And that is a fantastic sign. Whether he shows up and plays well or not, if he's a leader from day one, that's huge. Yeah. Of course, and it's uh, go ahead. I was just gonna say, like, specifically hearing that from Laramie Tunsil, who has been in the league for quite some time, played in Miami, um, with I believe Ryan Tannehill as his quarterback, as well as Ryan Fitzpatrick, um, and maybe a year of Tua, um, it, it just seems like he's a guy that would understand a quarterback's presence because those are three guys that seem to have a strong presence as quarterbacks in the locker room. And if he's reading that from CJ Stroud and if he's kind of just feeling the the vibes of this whole team, I trust that. I like that. I like that take. Um, I don't, I could see maybe one of the wide receivers like tank Dell yeah. on this list, but I, I think I'm going to go with Will Anderson. Yeah, I, I, I like Will Anderson here as well. Uh, yep. I, I want to say Anthony Richardson just because there's no idea. Like, I have no clue what could happen. <laughs> yeah, I don't either. <laughs> I don't uh, either, man. I do have a dark horse because it's a guy that I will forever be riding with till his final days in the league. Um, Third-round pick for the Colts, Adetomoa Deboware. Talked about him endlessly throughout <laughs> our draft coverage. And yep. I love the guy. They got fantastic value with him in the third round. Um, he can play defensive tackle. He can play defensive end. And with the amount of injury problems that we've seen on this Colts defense, there's a chance he could get in the game. Definitely. Um, Definitely. All right. Let's talk about some surprise players to watch. So I, I'll take it here. Um, Jalen Petrie. Um, yep. Like I said, last season, no one talked about his rookie year, even though he was uh, he had the most tackles from a non-linebacker last season with 107 solo tackles, which is ridiculous. He also had five interceptions, which was second in the league. He may have been tied at five, but I, I don't really know. Um, and I think, you know, adding, uh, adding a guy like uh, Jimmy Ward that can mentor him and play alongside him on the field, it's going to do, you know, it's going to be so amazing for his career and for him next season. So I think he'll take a huge, huge jump. And I think the Texans will take a huge, huge jump. Um, the other guy that I have on here is Kenny Moore, the uh, second 
Nobody really talks about him, but he was a solid addition um, at corner for the Colts. Uh, looked really good with Stephon Gilmore last season when he was on the field. And I think now that he's the only guy there, they'll have him on, you know, more of uh, the bigger names, like the wide receiver ones that they're going to come against. And I think he's going to play really, really well. I like that. Yeah. Uh, my first guy for a surprise player to watch is Desmond King cornerback for the Texans, kind of a veteran Ooh, a quarterback. Typically, we stick with the younger guys here, but I – oh, Bless you. Oh, bless you, bless you. <laughs> <laughs> um, damn, I was like – I was trying to hold that one off, but, yeah, I, I like what he has to offer. He's not old. He's just a veteran. He's 28 years old. He'll be – he'll, you know, turn 29 during the season. But what we've seen from him the last couple of years is great. In 2022, these are his, you know, only two years in Houston so far. Um, last year, the tackle numbers were great, especially for playing defensive back. 93 combined tackles in 2021 and 89 combined tackles in 2022. Those are his top two of his career, even ahead of his all-pro first team in 2018 with the Chargers. Like, this guy has made significant changes to his game, and I think it's only helped him. Like, he had 10 tackles for loss last year as a defensive Damn. back. That's Love crazy. It. Yeah, and I mean, if, if you want to kind of go deeper, they even added more to their secondary to allow him to blitz and get closer to the line of scrimmage yeah. if you want to. So, yeah, but continue, keep going. Yeah, and he, you know, consistently puts up two or three interceptions every year, like, what he has to offer is fantastic, and I feel like nobody really talks about him. I like you giving him his bread because I agree with you. Um, other surprise players, I, I'm going to put Trevor Lawrence on okay. this list. I think if Trevor Lawrence, you know, if the, if the cards fall right, we could see an explosion of talent, really just the entire Jags offense. I think your supply, surprise players could be Trevor Etienne, I think, could be better than what anybody else thinks. And I like the wide receivers that aren't Calvin Ridley, Zay Jones and Christian Kirk. I think they're going to surprise a lot of people, too. Yeah. Because Calvin Ridley can only help them out. Yeah. And already, you know, you're in an offense with uh, a young quarterback who can only get better and one who likes to spread the ball. I also like Evan Ingram, too. I I really do think a lot of the Jags offense will surprise people. Yeah, surprise player to watch the Jags offense. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, My next guy, uh, Chigozim Okonkwo, the tight end for the Titans. Me and Colin actually talked about this guy a couple weeks ago when we were talking about guys to watch out for in fantasy football. I I love this guy so much. And and I think his opportunity as a tight end for the Titans is huge. Yeah, they added DeAndre Hopkins, who's going to get the targets no matter what. But big body, strong hands, very good in the short, like the short game. I think that he'll be very valuable to whatever quarterback is starting in that system because you always need your bailout guy. Of course. Yeah, I like it. And then um, I do have another, if if you don't have any more. Um, I was just going to say Nico Collins. I, okay, I feel like yeah. one of the Texans wide receivers could end up making a splash. That's not Robert Woods. I, I'm kind of yeah. ready for Robert Woods to be done. Yeah, I me think. too. <laughs> yeah. All right. I mean, but. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're not a Ram anymore, dude. No. <laughs> um, yeah, my last guy, and this one is a uh, surprisingly bad player to watch. I think Michael Pittman Jr. is going to take a tremendous step back this year. 
Is that a him thing or the quarterback thing? I think it's a system thing. I think it's the okay. fact that they have a young quarterback who likes to run the ball a little bit more than, you know, Matt Ryan. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. um and Philip Rivers, who are his two quarterbacks that he's had. So yeah. um I think that's gonna play into it. I think Jonathan Taylor's usage is gonna play into it because of kind of as a result of Deion or as a result of Anthony Richardson, Jonathan Taylor's usage will go up. Michael Pittman's targets are gonna go down. That's a good point because Michael Pittman with Phillip Rivers was a duo that I don't think anybody really talked about. They were no. kind of nasty together. Dude, they um, were. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, and that's kind of a bummer because I would love to see Michael Pittman keep getting better because, you know, he's he's the perfect wide receiver. He's huge. He's fast. He's long. He's big. Um, Long and big. Damn. Yeah. Don't clip that. Huge. No one clipped that. You said huge. Huge. I, yeah, I didn't say veiny, though. That's true. I, I, I don't know what his, the veins on his arms look like, but, you know, Michael Pittman uh, really liked this guy. But I think you're right with um, them kind of taking a step back and rebuilding the quarterback position. And also, like you said, the system thing, I think he could take a step back, but I really hope it doesn't happen. Yeah. Yeah, I, like I don't want it to happen. I think it's just a matter of how it's going to go because of that offense's yeah. changes. Sure. And then, um, yeah, I think that wraps it up for the uh, the AFC South. Dude, I love this series, man. I, yeah. I can't get enough of talking about the divisions. So, it's a good way to preview the season. I think we got to go to the North next. Uh-oh. <laughs> Very excited about that. Yeah. Uh, we'll yes. see how that one goes. I think we're going to get some some wild opinions out of Luke. <laughs> I think, yeah, we might. <laughs> I'll go ahead and oh, say boy. my division winner. Not the Steelers. All right, let's move on. <laughs> you don't know if that's uh, well, who I'm going. Maybe I'm going to go with the Browns. Guess we'll find out next week. Yeah, you, you guys will find out next week on you, Friday. Yep, you'll just have to tune in again. <laughs> yep, <laughs> we just keep reeling you back in, don't we? Uh, let's get into the Premier League Summer Series, and before we get into, actually, no, we'll go through some of the results from the other games. We'll get to yours, um, but. Let's start Chelsea 4, Brighton 3. Uh, first, okay, actually, before we get into these results, fantastic teams to choose for this. I actually, yeah. I really like the teams that they chose for this. Yeah, um, Chelsea kind, kind of being the biggest team. Of course, yeah. you have like, you have teams like Newcastle and Brighton and Brentford that are like growing tremendously. So I, I think to your point, like those are good teams to pick, but... I, I was kind of surprised that like Manchester City or United didn't come on this trip too. Yeah, I think that's probably a matter of like some other deal was going to pay them more to play in their exhibition games. Yeah. Um. Where Where did Manchester United are in one with like Wrexham? I think. Um, but no, Wrexham was uh on with USA. Okay, because so. I, I yeah I keep seeing Wrexham playing a bunch of English teams. Yeah, I was it Japan. Maybe. Is I think that where you met? I don't where know. Where was Tottenham? Because I saw they I won no some trophy <laughs> in like Singapore <laughs> no or something. Yeah, with a Richarlison hat trick or something yeah. stupid like that. Yeah. yeah. Some <laughs> shit that will never happen. Like he'll he could score ten goals in every game they play in the offseason. He won't start next year. <laughs> no, he will not. <laughs> Unless Harry Kane plays for Bayern Munich next year. Of course. <laughs> yep. But yeah, let's get into these games. Chelsea 4, Brighton 3, like we said. I, I like it, man. 
I think that's a fantastic matchup, first of all, to get it all started off. But in general, like, I just I like what I've seen, and and yep. that was a great game. Akella Mudrick looked like his transfer fee, and Jason, I got to give it to you. This this motherfucker, guys, is Nostradamus. He he's talking about Nicholas Jackson. I don't even know <laughs> who fucking Nicholas Jackson is. I, I watched him last night, and I watched him against Brighton. He was absolutely sick in both games. Him and Mikelo Mudrick had this link-up play against Brighton that was just silly. It was Chelsea football unlike I had ever seen it before. And I just said football because I'm really excited. I will not stoop to the Europeans' level. Chelsea soccer. Um, Yeah, Nicholas Jackson easily hands down has been the best player in Chelsea's preseason so far. Yeah. It looks amazing. And then I also like what I saw from Brighton. I think a lot of their players played very well. Um, Danny Welbeck scored a goal, which is crazy, <laughs> first of all. <laughs> yeah. But guys like Solly March had great games. Uh, Dahoud, their newest addition, he was very good in this one. And then coming off the bench, Yao Pedro scored. Uh, Denise Undav, who I believe is a new pickup, um, he just scored. Or no, he played there last year. Um, but he scored a goal in this one as well. I really like what they've got, and it sucks that you know Moises Caicedo didn't travel with them because it's likely that he's going to leave. And then I saw course... him play last night. Oh, really? He was in Atlanta. Which uh, me and the Chelsea fan that was sitting in front of me, we were like, "Why? Why are we letting him play? He's supposed to be with us." <laughs> so, but yeah, he did. He did play against um, Brentford. Brentford? Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Still, um, it does kind of suck that Alexis McAllister already left, but. Yeah. I do think that Brighton's done a good job with this team, and I think there there might be some more moves that they can make before the uh, the transfer window closes. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Yeah. Um, all right, let's move on to the next game. It was Fulham 3, Brentford 2. Um, this one, it, probably the least exciting matchup out of the uh, the crop of teams here. Would you, would yeah, you agree? I, I don't even know... What even happened in this game? I don't either. All I know is that it was three to two. Um, I'm trying to find the game. I can't remember. Br- Brentford's kind of one of those teams where I-, I feel like they should have done more in this offseason. Like they had a really good finish to the Premier League, and then they just kind of like haven't really added anybody to try to progress. Yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely sympathize with that. Um, oh my God, where is it? So many teams have played friendlies. I can't find it. <laughs> uh, I'm sure you guys are really enjoying this at home. This is the best part. Yeah, definitely. You know what? Fuck it. Let's move on to the next one. Yeah, let's move on. <laughs> I can't find anything about this game. I don't even know if it actually happened. <laughs> oh, man. But I know I can find Newcastle versus Villa. Um, because I've already found it. 3-3 draw, which is great. That's what I want to see out of these two teams. Just a bunch of goals. <laughs> and yeah, kind of weird for Newcastle conceding three goals, though, huh? Yeah, it is. Uh, but then again, you know, when you consider how many guys just, like, get subbed on and off in these friendlies. Um, it is true. But Ollie Watkins opens it up in the seventh minute. And then Emiliano uh, Buendia scores in the 11th minute, and they're up 2-0. And then 
28th minute, Elliot Anderson uh, scores one to make it a one one ugh, one goal game, and then in the 45th plus two, Alexander Isak scores the second to equalize it, and then they come out of the half hot. Emiliano Buendia once again in the 48th, and then Callum Wilson in the 55th comes back, and that's the end of the scoring. The rest of the match, <laughs> nothing. How does that even happen? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. They were so hot for 55 minutes. Yep. <laughs> but it, uh, really interesting, it. though, about this game is they – it looks like both teams fielded most of their starting 11s. You had, yeah. like, pretty much Newcastle's team versus um, Aston Villa's team, pretty much. Like, you had Matty Cash played, uh, Emiliano Martinez played, Dignit played, uh, Ollie Watkins, like you said, John McGinn was there. Uh, on the other side, Almiron started, Isak started, Gimarai started, uh, Trippier started, Cher started. Like everybody was there, and Tanale was there too. Their new guy. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm very excited for Sandro Tanale to play in the Premier League. Yeah, I, I got to see him play yesterday too. It, it's you, you can tell that like players like him are just. Like, like you could tell that he was in a Champions League semifinal last season, is yeah. what I'm trying to say. He oh, was yeah. um, very, very good. Yeah. And then we had Brentford 0, Brighton 2. Um, not a surprising outcome. But Simon Adengra getting the brace in this one, scoring the only two goals in the match in the 19th and the 58th minute. This one, not as exciting, but still, uh, I think, a good matchup. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. It's just um, as as soccer gets bigger in America, like these U.S. tours just mean more and more ev yeah. every season. I feel like, and um, th it's just it goes to show, man. It really goes to show. And then let's see. Ah, Fulham zero, Brentford two, or no, Fulham zero, Aston Villa two. Um, this one solid matchup as well. Uh, we got a goal from. Youngster for Villa, Jaden Philogene Badash, I believe is how wow. you say it. I think I watched, I think I heard his name. Uh, he scored in the 40th, and then uh, in the 73rd, Musa Diaby gets on the board for Villa as well. Yep, Yuri Tiliamon's getting to play as well for his yeah. new team. Good to see. Yeah, not, not uh, an exciting one to talk about, but it all just leads up to this one. Luke, yes. your first time watching <laughs> Chelsea play live, and they play in your home stadium. Yes. Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, Georgia, and they face a top-four Premier League team in Newcastle. Let's start with the atmosphere. How was the atmosphere for a Premier League game, essentially, played in America? Well, as I just said, um, as soccer grows in America, it, the U.S. tours are only going to be a bigger deal. Um, which I feel like I, I would honestly like to see down the road like a Champions League style summer tournament played in America because the draw would be insane. I mean, everywhere that these teams have gone, like even Chelsea Wrexham was a sellout crowd. And I know it's, you know. I think they were in Charlotte. Yeah. It's just, it was so big. I think there were almost 71,000 people for the game that I was at last night, but yeah, the, the atmosphere was there. Of course, you know, there were kind of some Chelsea chants, really just me being the one who was chanting, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> but um, it's just so exciting because I feel like Chelsea got rid of a lot of um, 
of a lot of negativity in the player personnel. And Reese James kind of touched on it. Um, he said in like some press conference before this game that like uh, it, it was kind of a bad mood in Chelsea last season, obviously, but it was so bad to where you genuinely had players that did not want to play for Chelsea anymore, which is easily the worst thing you could have happen. And um, I don't know, like to to talk about the atmosphere of just Chelsea for a second, it, it was it's it seriously been a breath of fresh air this entire preseason has. Everybody seems happy. You know, Chelsea fans are hanging out with the other um, with the players in America and, you know, you're having good fan interactions and it's just um, it, it's just absolutely fantastic, man. Yeah, I do want to so talk about the actual like setup of Chelsea in this match. I yeah. really like this formation for them, and I like at least some of the guys in the starting lineup. Yeah, you'd switch out some guys, but Jackson up front, Nkuku, uh playing like Cam right behind him, Mudrik on the yep. left, Enzo playing a little bit deeper, but you obviously know he's going to attack more um, on that left center mid role, and then Kepa and goal. I, I like this lineup. Yeah, me too. Um, of course, besides, uh, you know, Kirk, well, formation-wise, yes. Of course, we're going to rotate the team around. Kirk Correa, um, I, I literally abused him the whole game. He's the reason why <laughs> Newcastle uh, equalized. Uh, Almiron just made him look like a like an MLS defender. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Kirk Correa, not very good at all. It's actually kind of disrespectful, I think, that we have him. Um a healthy Ben Chilwell should always be the starter at left back is basically what I'm trying to say. Um, Definitely. Enzo Fernandez looks like he's only matured. Uh, he's the kind of uh, center mid that'll drop back with the center backs to help out with possession and then just kind of slowly work his way up. He is so fun to watch, man. It's it, Enzo's decision-making is like watching like a 32-year-old Pirlo play. Just a seasoned professional when it comes to passing and vision and picking out players and making like kind of the right dribble moves to get space. It looks absolutely insane. Reese James looks very, very good. Um, let's see. Nicholas Jackson kind of looks like a skinnier guy. And for Premier League strikers, I would like my Premier League strikers to just be just athletic monsters, right? Tall, fast, and strong. Nicholas Jackson may not come off as the strongest guy, but against these Newcastle defenders – he was getting pretty physical with them, and he was actually winning, you know, 50-50 balls, which is exactly what you're going to need in the Premier League. Um, this game, I would have liked to have seen Nkuku get more involved. It kind of seemed like he, as a cam, he wasn't doing enough in the attack, but, you know, still fun to watch play. Uh, Mikelo Mudrik still kind of looks 50-50. His other preseason games were better, um, and that's really all I got. Keppa was safe and sound. Um very content with him being the starter. I, I don't think we're going to really need to replace him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it was just all in all, uh, just a really good outing. Yeah. Really good 1-1 one, one draw for Chelsea. Yeah, I think with this Chelsea lineup, you know, you could see uh, Nkuku. Uh, I, I always struggle to say this one because it's hard to read it. <laughs> uh, you could see Nkuku put on the right. Um. And maybe slot in like Raheem Sterling at Cam or even Connor Gallagher. Uh, you could put him at Cam. You could really put in Connor Gallagher at right CM as well. But um, yeah, there's so many options here 
with this Chelsea lineup, but kind of the same goes for Newcastle. I like the way they set up here. I think Tonali should probably play more central just because he doesn't really have the speed to back up on the right if Almiron cuts into the middle. But then again, Trippier kind of makes up for that. So um, I do like how they lined up for Newcastle. Obviously not playing all the starters, but still a, a decent lineup here, especially the defense. That That's going to be their starting defense all season, you know, if they can. And Fabian Schaar is so good. Sven Botman was fantastic last year. I got a feeling he'll be the same way this year. I love, love the physicality of Daniel Byrne. Watching him play last season and like the way oh, that man. like he went after other teams, like I, I really like his mentality. So when it comes down to both of these teams, I love what I saw. Yeah, no, of course. And if I could just talk about Newcastle for a second, um, Anthony Gordon was probably the best player on the entire pitch uh, yeah. yesterday. Um, just a freak of nature when it comes to dribbling and just like just cuts through like a knife man he is so fast and good and his work rate for a uh for a winger was just incredible to watch um he was everywhere uh i think he can be super super effective and then nick pope got subbed on and basically canceled out chelsea like any chance of chelsea having to win the game with like a 2-1 he saved this one shot in stoppage time that was like it was unbelievable it was like a volley from a corner in like the 92nd minute. And he just like, boop, just poked it off. I, I mean, it was insane. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Nick Pope is very underrated and he, he looks better than what he did last season. Honestly. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that they've got great options all over the field for what they can do with this team and kind of the same goes for Chelsea. So I'm, I'm excited to watch both of these teams this season. Yeah, and I just one more thing about this game. I, I think the best moment, though, for me, aside from getting to see you know my childhood team play for the first time live, Miguel Almiron when he scored in Atlanta. Oh, yeah. I I will be honest. I stood up and clapped for him. But that stadium got so loud for him. It was just such a cool moment to see Miggy back in Atlanta, um, back where pretty much he started and. Uh, just to see him get a goal, man. Like, yeah. everybody just lost their mind. It was sick. Yeah, I think we, so, all, we all, as Atlanta United fans, miss Miguel Almiron. 100%. He's he's a hero. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Um, yep. So, yeah, that, that match was fantastic. And then uh, we have three matches uh, this weekend. Brighton-Newcastle on Friday, Aston Villa-Brentford on Saturday, and Chelsea-Fulham on Saturday as well. Uh, I'm looking yep. forward to Brighton-Newcastle. I'm excited for Chelsea Fulham. A um, little bit biased there, but I mean, hey, two London teams. I think it'll be it'll be kind of a hot, hotly contested. I like game. it. All right. Yes. Well, I think this is a perfect segue into my final three for my Premier League fandom because oh. my final three are playing in the summer series. Oh no! Brighton, Ow. Newcastle, and Aston Villa are my final three for my Premier League fandom. Um. You know, as I've been formulating my decision here, I've been looking in depth into these teams, into their history, things like that. I love, love the the uphill battle that Brighton has fought throughout their history to get into the Prem, to stay in the Prem. Same goes for Aston Villa. And then for Newcastle, they have a storied history that I feel like isn't brought up often. Okay. Uh, you know, they have guys that have played for that team that – 
are le- obviously Alan Scherer is, is an absolute legend. Um, yes. But yeah, I, I love what these three teams offer. I love their fans. Uh, I've kept up with them. I, I love the players they've produced, the players they have. So I, I like what I've seen from those three. The two that got knocked out, Burnley and West Ham. Uh, for Burnley, it was a matter of they just came back up and they haven't been very active in the transfer market. And I was hoping they would because I'm not impressed by their squad. And then for West Ham, I don't know. I, I feel like I couldn't go back. I couldn't go back to West Ham. And I, I also, you know, the players that I was excited about for West Ham are gone. <laughs> so, <laughs> and like every player that I watched when I was originally a fan of West Ham is gone. Except mm. like Mikel Antonio. Dang, so, Grayson. All, all those spin FC yeah, vlogs yeah. down the drain. I uh, wouldn't say down the drain. I'm always gonna have <laughs> I'm always gonna have a soft spot for West Ham. Yes, yes. But but unfortunately I had to had to leave him out here. Yeah. I can I can I say something? Yeah. Out of all these teams, there's one that I hope you pick. Okay. Well, I have I have been looking at merchandise for one of these teams, Ooh, whoever I pick. Okay. And I'm just saying, Newcastle's got some nice merchandise with that new collab with Castore. And I was just about to say that um, that's kind of the team I hope you pick because yeah. I just feel like, obviously, I'm I'm rooted as Chelsea, you know, so don't yeah. think I'm jumping ship. But what a fun team to jump on their ship. Yeah, it's you a know, good I, time. I feel like it, and it's a perfect time, right? Because, you know, their, their future could be very, very good, right, with them being bought and them, you know, making very smart decisions and honestly with how good they did in the Prem last season. Yeah. So I, I feel like it's the perfect time to hop on that bandwagon if you're going to hop on that bandwagon kind of thing. Not saying that you're becoming a bandwagon fan because, like, Newcastle haven't, you know, won really much, but they're getting to that point, and I feel like it's the perfect time to become a Newcastle fan. Yeah. I think you're right. You know, there's a lot to look forward to with Newcastle. They're playing in the, the Champions League this year. A lot there of likable lot. players. Yeah. yeah. But then for Brighton, Brighton, and uh, actually, aren't Brighton and Aston Villa both playing in Europe? Uh, Yes. I Wait, no, because one finished seventh, right? And the other finished sixth? Um, I, oh, yeah, you might be right. Hold on. I think Brighton's playing in Europe. Aston Villa's not. But Aston Villa, I think, will be in the same thing that West Ham won. Okay, so last yeah, they week. are playing in Europe, which is it's the oh. uh, Conference League. Yeah, the Conference, for Conference League. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Brighton and Liverpool are in the Europa League, and then Aston Villa is in the Conference League. Yeah, which I, I don't know what the fuck that Conference League is. I just know that whenever West Ham won it, it was a massive oh, yeah. deal. Uh, of yeah. course, you know it ended a trophy drought for them, but like. That final in general was like it, the the fan atmosphere was insane there. Who did yeah. West Ham play? Um, oh shit! Who did they beat? It was uh, Fiorentina. That's right. Yeah, yeah, Fiorentina. Yep. But yeah, that's that's where I'm at right now. Brighton, Newcastle, Aston Villa. So if if anybody's a fan of those teams, um, I don't know. You could pay me off. <laughs> I'll take bribes. Uh, teach him some chance. Yeah, teach me some chance. 
get me a plane ticket to whatever city. Yes. <laughs> um, whatever it may be that you want to do to get me to, to be a fan of your team. Pay second and short to come cover yeah. one of your team's games yeah. in that Grayson picks. Partner with yep. us, and we will become an official podcast of whatever team. Yes. <laughs> we can all be bought. There's a price for everything. Uh, <laughs> but let's talk about Messi. What a start uh, to yeah. his MLS career. Good Lord. Dude, he fucking looked like God against Atlanta United, yeah. bro. Let's talk about, <laughs> that was horrible. Let's talk about his debut. <laughs> okay, his yeah. His debut against Cruz Azul <laughs> in the League's Cup. Him and Sergio yep. Busquets uh, subbed on in the 54th. And first of all, outside of the goal, he played very well, creating a lot of chances, beautiful passes up into the final third. Like, I yep. really liked what I saw from Messi just in, in a playmaking standpoint. But then you get the free kick. Oh, God, man. Yeah. Oh, I knew I knew it was over as soon as, like, the announcer was, like, subbing him on. Like, the best player in the world as, like, yeah. the fans were going absolutely ape shit over, like, the PA sound in the stadium. I, I knew it was over. I, I mean, it had to be over. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, it man, I get goosebumps just thinking <laughs> about it, man. Like, you can say whatever you want about the Saudi League, and I know the MLS will never be able to draw players like the Saudi League have. But Messi playing for Miami was a, a way bigger fucking deal than Ronaldo playing for Al Nassar or Al Nassir or whatever. Yeah, like Messi's debut was on a entirely different level. Yeah, an entirely and different level. I think Messi's choice to go to the MLS speaks to him as a person. He turned down a billion dollars for fifty yeah. million a year. Yep. That, <laughs> that's that's substantial. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I, the brands though, like the Hard Rock Cafe and all that stuff. Oh, like yeah. he, he's going to be set. He'll be, as he'll if he be wasn't pushing. Set. Yeah, he'll be pushing a billion with everything. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but like, yeah, uh, how how insane? But then, yeah, his performance in the league's cup against Atlanta United was fantastic. Yep, and it was really cool to see him and Almada jersey swap after the game. Yeah. I, I love that. Loved it. Yeah, that was great. What so what yep. he had a he scored two goals, right? Uh no, it was a goal and two assists. That's right. Yeah. yeah Messi and some other like random like American player from Miami that I'd never heard of, both of them finished with a goal and an assist. Two assists. Yeah. Sorry. I'm trying to pull up kind of the information on that one because I didn't really get a chance yeah. to watch. But, um, yeah, so 4-0 win for Miami. Um, uh, Messi did score two goals. Two goals and an oh, assist. okay. Gotcha. Um, and it's just – it's so funny because Miami looked like a completely new team now because before yeah. Messi and Busquets and all these other guys, like they were easily like one of the worst teams in America. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, they look like they're picking up some speed. Yeah. So. Seems like Joseph Martinez has a second life with Messi on this lineup. <laughs> um, Robert, oh, Robert Taylor, guy. their left wing, had, an ass- had a, a, yeah, a goal and two, or yep. two goals and an assist in this one as well. Um, okay. I, I love it, man. Just wait till Jordi Alba's getting in there. It's fun. Like, you would think that, like, with how Inter Miami is playing with Messi and without Messi, it's yeah. like Messi's a good player. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's insane. Who would have thought Messi was good <laughs> at soccer or something? Yeah. <laughs> also, why the hell is Brad Guzan still the keeper for Atlanta United? 
Because he won a championship and they feel bad for him. Because, <laughs> like, <laughs> I feel like he's, we're past him. It's rough, man. Like, he's kind of had a little bit of a comeback season this season, but last season was trash. <laughs> and it just makes me more sad that we got rid of uh, the homegrown uh, Alec Kahn. Um, yeah, Guzon, love him, but I'm ready for a new keeper. Yeah, I think it's kind of ridiculous. But nonetheless, messy, bro. It's crazy. It is insane. It, it really is and like crazy. The, the, I, I'm so glad it's happening, and we're getting to watch it. The stars at these Miami games are crazy. <laughs> LeBron's LeBron. out there. <laughs> Fuck, like, yep. holy shit. You've yeah. got everybody. You got Kim Kardashian was at the game. Literally everybody is showing out. And it just goes to prove that soccer is so obviously the most famous, like the, the biggest sport in the world, and the players and the most famous people in the world. Of course, and uh, uh, Kim Kardashian, uh, and honestly, all the Kardashian girls are kind of like more into soccer than I thought they were, which is kind of interesting. Like, I know um, one of Kim's kids is really into soccer, so like they watched uh, Messi's debut in Miami. Yeah, I believe. Then they flew to Japan to watch Ronaldo play against PSG or something like that. So that's always kind of cool to see. Um, I like that. That's sick. Also, Speed did a TikTok with Neymar. That was cool. <laughs> and also, uh, also he... Speed called Messi's free kick. Yeah. <laughs> he was wearing his Ronaldo oh. jersey on the sidelines and was like, <laughs> if Messi makes this goal, or if Messi scores his free kick, I'll be a Messi fan. He makes the free kick, pulls off the Ronaldo jersey, and he's got a Messi jersey on. <laughs> so. It's just like the, the dynamic of Speed just screaming <laughs> at like these foreign people. Yeah. <laughs> it's just... It's amazing. Yeah. I, I love Speed so much. The fact that Speed <laughs> simultaneously goes to huge soccer matches around the world, has learned Portuguese, yes. but also goes on and does the NPC live streams to make money on Twitch and TikTok. <laughs> it's such an interesting dynamic. God, what a what a content creator Speed Dude, is, man. This man is a, a ge- he's a genius. He Speed literally just like started cool. opening packs on FIFA. And mispronouncing people's names. And that got him to hear. (laughs) Christian Ronaldo. (laughs) Yeah, like, it's crazy. But Uh, let's get into some transfer news. Um, Tui. Yeah, we got to start with this. Al-Halal's bid for Mbappe. Uh, Obviously, he has turned it down. But a transfer fee of 300 million euros and a contract for 300 million euros (laughs) in, in one year. Dude. As a normal human being, imagine looking at that paper and being like, nah. <laughs> it's it's kind of crazy. But also, it really is. when it comes down to it, look, Mbappe wants to be famous. You don't go to the Saudi League to be famous. Yeah. And, and you don't. don't go to the Saudi League to go down in history as one of the greatest players of all time. Not only does he want to be famous, I think he wants to be the best player in the world yeah. ever. Yeah. So, yeah. It's, too bad it's, it's between him and Holland, Holland now, yeah. man. They are Europe now. They are. It was whether, always, whether you like it or not. Yeah, it was always Messi and Ronaldo. Neymar jutted in there a couple of times. Yep. But, yeah, it's Mbappe and Holland's, Holland's time. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, to win the Ballon d'Or, you have to play in Europe. Correct? Yes. Okay. Yes. So, no more Ballon d'Ors for Messi and Ronaldo. 
Nah, but that's okay. I mean, the, the takeover enough. was fun. Yeah, the takeover <laughs> was fun to be a part of, but I remember being super happy when Luca won it and kind of broke it. Um, yeah. I think it was 2021, right? Yeah, after they made the World Cup final in uh, yep. in 2020. Yeah, 2021, because they delayed yes. the World Cup. Um, yeah, oh, well, let's move on. Cause, okay, well, let's keep talking about Mbappe. Is he going to go to Real Madrid? I don't think it'll be this summer. I don't think he's leaving. No, I, I think it's it's getting too late to be that big of a move, I think. Yeah. Um, I've heard Chelsea thrown into the mix with um, Mbappe, too. They're kind of looking in at him. Um, of course, Real Madrid, I think, are, are still the most feasible, um, especially yeah. with losing Benzema. Um, but, yeah, I'm with you. I don't think it'll be this summer, which means – I really don't know what it means for Mbappe and PSG yeah. next season because PSG have been kind of getting picked apart, um, and they yes. haven't really bought anybody new. Yeah, they keep showing so. interest, but yeah. yeah, it doesn't seem like anything's really coming to like. Yeah, they got like Marco Asensio. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> who, who was it. good like five years ago. <laughs> yeah, Marco Asensio and um, one of the Hernandezes uh, and Bernardo Silva, right? But it didn't, oh, is that a, get delayed. That, yeah, I don't think that actually happened yet. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think Real Madrid will be the one. But what's interesting about this whole thing with Mbappe is that, you know, it was talked about that they might sit him. But as of uh, once September 1st hits, if he hasn't played a game and they won't allow him to play a game, he could sue them. Yeah. And it would place in, like, if that lawsuit is, you know, has merit, they would be able to place sanctions on PSG and either um, force them to terminate his contract so he could leave or essentially force them to put him in the in the game. Which makes me super excited because um, I think there are a lot of PSG wrongdoings that they've been able to get away with, more so than like Barcelona and Manchester City and Juve who actually got caught. I feel like PSG is another fishy team that has completely eluded just so many punishments over the years. Like, yeah. I think, I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast or I saw it on Instagram, but Marco Verratti revealed that um, it was like a really bad culture there. And I think um, he tried to leave like a couple of years ago and the Emir of Qatar, a.k.a. the PSG owner, kind of like blackmailed him or threatened him in some way um, before he tried to leave. So I, I'm I'm hoping that Mbappe um, exposes a lot because he's a huge player. Yeah. Um. And, and I'm thinking, you know, if maybe if he sues, things will start to come to the water that um, we all can kind of uh, almost police PSG on. I hope. I'm so tired yeah. of them. I am too, man. And I'm glad that Marco Verratti's leaving. That's yeah. another player that's getting picked away from them. Of course, he's going to Saudi, but still. If it takes it away from PSG. Yeah, I'm fine with it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's move on. Marcel Sabitzer is expected to join Borussia Dortmund. Um, what a move. Yeah, fantastic. And, and it's cheap, too. I think they got him for like 20 mil euros. Uh, that's Watching him from Manchester United, They you may have could have gotten more from yeah. him. <laughs> didn't, he, didn't he score like five goals in that crazy game Byron played a couple weeks ago? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he did. <laughs> wow. 
I have goals for Marcel Sabitzer. Wow. Yeah. I did not hear about that. Um, and then looks like Samuel Umtiti has officially joined Lille uh, on a free transfer. That one, you know, not a big move. Yeah, I mean, probably good for him. It's kind He's of a only signal. really been downhill. It, yeah, I was about to say, it's a it's a real signal of the fall off. Yes. Yep. Yep. And then uh, Wilfred Zaha's officially joining Galatasaray once again. Another symbol of the fall off. Yeah. Um, dang, Zaha I don't was know if he was ever with... up, though. He didn't fall off anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I just remember Zaha being linked with so many different teams the entire time he was at Crystal Palace, and I'm talking like big teams. Yeah, and he just never, never left, and now he's going to Galatasaray, which um, you know, it, it is signaling the fall off for sure. But Galatasaray in the Turkish league is still a massive team, so it's not yes. like he's going anywhere, you know, where he can't be in Champions League football or Europa League football. Um. Yeah, he's just not going to play in, like, a top league. Yeah, you just conformed to the Europeans. I don't appreciate that. Yeah, I, I kept doing it. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this one has kind of developed since I made this note, but Inter-Miami has freed up one more international roster spot. Uh, they were linked with Luis Suarez, trying to get him away from Gremio. Um, it looks like they're not getting him, which kind of sucks. I was kind of hoping that would happen. Yeah, that's a bummer. That'd be so cool, dude. Oh my that God. would be really unfair. Yeah, yeah. Soon enough, Damn. this is just going to be the treble winning team. <laughs> yes. It will. They already have the manager. They have the core with Messi and Busquets and yep. Alba. Like, all we need is Xavi to get fired from Barcelona and decide to play again. <laughs> Iniesta to come play in America. Um, who Leo else? Bravo. Yeah, Claudio Bravo is the keeper, which I feel like is so – it's just the move. That's got to happen. Yeah, Maybe PK? Yeah, PK comes out I mean, of retirement. Danny Alves comes to uh, to America. That'd be sick I mean, as hell, shit. dude. Listen, if I'm PK, right, first of all, I would not I would have never cheated on Shakira. Yes. Um, that's pretty fucked up. But if I'm PK, right, single dude, I'd go play with Messi in Miami. Fuck yeah. yeah. Get out on some boats in the off season, meet some people. I think that's what PK should do. Oh yeah, dude. Meet some <laughs> fucking baddies. Some influencers. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yes. Dude, next oh, thing man. we know, Gerard PK is gonna be dating Alex Earl. Eddie <laughs> <laughs> <Katie> Sigmund. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Something crazy like that. <laughs> He's just dating some girl on TikTok. Dude, oh, that God. would totally piss off Shakira. He should do it. Should. All right, let's move on from this interesting conversation we're having. Musa uh, Diaby is on his way to Aston Villa. I think this is a great move. Actually, a, a very, very good move. Yeah, um, Aston Villa just continue to try to stay competitive, and I like it, man. Yep. The the usual the usual mid table teams that are you know getting better. That, that's why I kind of said that I wish Brentford would have done more. Yeah, Bright, Brighton. And Aston Villa seem to be doing a lot more than Brentford, and I feel like Brentford's in that kind of similar spot. Agreed. Yeah. I think the thing for Brentford is that they haven't been up as long as some teams, um, and there's that's kind of holding them back. But they should have certainly gone out and got a you know a better striker, maybe. <laughs> yeah, one that one that doesn't gamble and yeah. one that doesn't want to play for Liverpool, probably one that, one that <laughs> can play for the next year. <laughs> yeah, that would be nice. <laughs> Um, but nonetheless, let's move to the next one. West Ham, they want to sign Connor Gallagher, but
But it looks like Connor Gallagher wants to stay at Chelsea and prove to Pochettino that he should be in the lineup. Um, saw Connor Gallagher yesterday. Um, he's a player I've always liked for depth. Um, I feel like if he stays at Chelsea, though, he'll end up like Kovacic, just kind of like an off and on starter in the midfield. Of course, I don't hope that, you know, that's what happens with him, but I really hope he stays, but he's definitely a player I could also see leaving Chelsea this summer. Yeah. Yeah, I could. Same with um, Trevor Chaloba. Um, Even though I watched him play and he was in the starting 11 yesterday, there were talks of uh, Chelsea wanting to get rid of him as well. Yeah, well, we're actually about to talk about two more Chelsea players you didn't even name. So uh, it looks like Fulham and Lazio are expressing interest in Callum Hudson-Odoi. I think that a move to Italy would suit him very well. Yeah, I would hate to see him stay in the Premier League, especially stay in London with uh, crappy Fulham. True. Uh, And then... This not directly about uh, a Chelsea player, but Brighton have completed the signing of 25-year-old Fiorentina defender Igor Julio, which I think is a great move. He was very good last year, a big part of that team, uh, making it to the uh, Conference League final. And then it looks like Brighton are still interested in signing Levi Coltwell as well. So... Uh, the only thing that I could think of of why Brighton would have gone ahead and signed um, Igor Julio is because the the com- how do I want to word this um, the culture at Chelsea surrounding Levi Cowell specifically it seems like all the fans want him to be in the starting eleven alongside Thiago Silva at the back yeah. so it kind of seems like honestly it, it seems like Chelsea fans have kind of driven the team into looking at Levi Cowell more, which is kind of cool. Yeah. It's just how I see it. I mean, and, and he seems like a bright young talent. Um, he looked good with England um, in whatever, was it the U21? What did England just play in against Spain that we talked about? Uh, yeah, the U21 World Cup. Yeah, uh, Levi Cowell looks good there. So I think, um, I think Chelsea are going to look into retaining him um, or keeping him, which is very, very big. Yeah. Very big. Agreed. Uh, and I think for Brighton on their end, they could definitely use some help at center back. So yeah. both sure. both ways it, it makes sense. Uh, but looks like Isco will be joining Rayo Batiste on a one-year contract. I'm going to be honest. I thought he retired. Yeah, I haven't heard much about him. <laughs> but um, at, dang it, Real Madrid, he had some sick moments, man. So I, I still liked the fact that he is, you know, not retired. <laughs> yeah, he was definitely moments is the right word. Yes. He was full of yep. moments, never full of, like, fantastic seasons. Yes, exactly. Uh, looks like Fulham have signed Raul Jimenez from Wolves. I think this is Huge. a pretty solid move. Huge, yeah. yeah Raul Jimenez um, had a brutal injury. Wasn't it, like, a concussion that was, like, really scary? Yeah, that's, recently, why, he wears, like a... that's why he wears the, the head thing, right? Um. Oh, I didn't know that he still wore one. I think so. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, any, anyway, like the, I just know the like headband with the pads in it. Okay, yeah, like a better check, uh, sort of, but not like a full helmet. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, Raúl Jiménez, man, um, definitely one of my favorite Mexican players of all time. Always thought that he got overlooked, um, especially after his injury, and, and it's good to see that teams are still believing in him, especially like Fulham, where I think he could actually get playing time. So that's awesome. Yeah, it's it's a great pickup, um, and then. The last bit of news I have here, Southampton's Romeo Lavia is getting a ton of attention. 
Uh, looks like Southampton rejected a forty million pound bid from Liverpool, and supposedly Chelsea have also shown interest in the young man. Interesting. Yeah. Um, okay. I haven't heard too much about him, but like, I've like what I have heard is that he was very good. I haven't heard much about him either, but I mean, forty million pounds is a pretty hefty yeah, fee for. Uh, apparently, I mean, that's a decent player. Apparently they're looking for 50. 19 years old, Belgian midfielder, which makes you look pretty good off the rip. That's some good credentials. 100%. Yep. <laughs> but, you know, he can play like your normal center midfield, but he can also drop back, play defensive midfield, which I think would serve very well for both of these teams, um, especially with Fabinho out most likely uh, at Liverpool. And now Conte is gone at Chelsea. I think that would be helpful to have a young guy that can start to fill that role over the next couple of years. But if it's going to cost you fifty million, there's expectations. Hundred um, percent. Actually, I, I have a transfer that I could talk about that you didn't have on here that actually yeah. goes along with this. So uh, Chelsea have started negotiations with Ajax for Mohamed Kudis, who plays that same kind yes. of like deep lying midfielder position. Um, and apparently uh, Arsenal and Brighton are also inquiring about the uh, about Mohamed Kudis. So interesting stuff there. And then one more I have, um, yes, Roma are eyeing uh, Renato Sanchez, who is only 25 still. He is. I feel like he should be a lot older. Yes, first of all, because he kind of burst onto the scene at like 18. Yeah. But he is very good. Super, super good. And yeah. I think uh, him with uh, Jose Mourinho at Roma could be it, – it's always good to yeah. play with Jose Mourinho, I feel like. so. Nothing better than a player leaving PSG, so I'm fine with it. That too, yep. <laughs> Speaking of, uh, there has been a development in the uh, Marco Verratti. It looks like he has reached an agreement with Al Halal over a three-year contract. Now they just have to agree to a fee with PSG. Dude, do we need to start covering the Saudi League? Um. As soon as the transfer window is over, nobody's going to talk about them. <laughs> that, you know what? That's a good point. Yeah, like we'll see clips <laughs> of like, oh, look at this crazy goal. Like, look at these 10 goals Karim Benzema scored. Yeah. And then that's it. That's his moment. And then Ronaldo's going to put up a hat trick with like five. Or he's going to score like a hat trick with three penalties. And it's be like, oh, my God, he's the GOAT. Um, and we're still not going to care. Yeah. Uh, but one more thing. Chelsea's new offer for Moises Caicedo uh, was immediately rejected at 80 million. What? Yeah. 80 million for him, and they still rejected. Yeah. Well, I guess we can look for somewhere else then because I, I probably, <laughs> I love him, but I wouldn't have paid 80 million for him. He's great. Yeah. Great. Not, yeah. not 80 million great, I don't think. Not 80 million great, yeah. Uh, another one that I just forgot to put in the notes, uh, Samuel Chukwueze, guy that we talked about a couple of weeks ago from Villarreal, has officially moved to AC Milan, uh, which is interesting because nice. we kind of talked about that as like a, you either get him or Pulisic, and then they got both. Hey, uh, maybe they're getting uh, rid of Solomachers. Could be. I don't know why because he looks good. Yeah. But um, another thing, uh, a bunch of Serie A clubs have inquired about Harry Mc, uh, Harry Maguire. Which <laughs> oh, is interesting. Boy. It never ends. Yeah, it doesn't. 
Uh, How is he still playing in the Premier League? I don't know. I really don't. Uh, I <laughs> this is so random, but I saw a TikTok like yesterday of this dude like doing that thing where like you go up on the street, uh, kind of like a man on the street thing, and he was asking girls like, "Who's your celebrity crush?" And he was in England, and one of the girls said Harry Maguire, and I was like, "You are fucking blind." <laughs> wow. And that's essentially what Fine. the guy's reaction was too. Uh, but yeah, Napoli, Roma, <laughs> Juventus, and both the clubs in Milan uh, have been interested. Okay. Uh, I have seen, I think Rasmus Hodgland, we'll go with it. Um, looks like <laughs> the, the Manchester United move is is moving along very well. But if it does collapse, he said that would be the only way he goes to PSG. Uh, man, I hope it doesn't. Yeah. I want to see Holland 2.0 play for the other team in Manchester, bro. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> That's what I want to happen. <laughs> um, all right, to round this out, this will be the last thing. David Silva has retired from soccer at the age of 37. Uh, yeah, he suffered an ACL injury in the preseason, which is why he has decided to uh, really? retire, which sucks. Going out like that, man, Dang. for a guy like that, dude, sucks. Is he sure he wants to go out? He can take a year off, recover, play in Saudi, get a billion dollars, retire. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he wants to do that because he'll be recovered at the age of 38. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> but nonetheless, a fantastic player. What a great career. What a great career, yeah. I mean, w- one of the first players to kind of change the culture at Manchester City, I feel like. he, he him, and, him and Aguero were two of the players that yep. kind of made Manchester City, you know, one of the biggest teams in the world. Yeah. Dude, I'll never so. forget, like, 2014, like, 2015 Manchester City. That team was fun as hell to watch. I, I hate to admit it, but, yeah, you're right. They yeah. had a lot of – um. Likable players yeah, then. dude. Sergio yeah. Aguero, of course. Uh, Samir Nazri. Did Joe Hart have been the goalie on that team? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, who, who's the guy? The He plays right back now for Sevilla, but he used to play right mid for them. Oh, Jesus Navas yeah. would, would have been there as well. He was um, great. Vincent Company would have still been playing. Yep. Vincent Company. Yep. Um, even like maybe like a couple of years down the road, Samuel Otamendi. Or Nicholas Otamendi, oh. not Samuel. Yeah. Yep. Nicholas Otamendi, Otamendi was great. For sure. Obviously, Michael Richards, the GOAT. <laughs> yeah. Michael yep. Richards is the GOAT on TV now. Was not very good. Um, but nonetheless. Um, all right. Sure. That's going to do it for Transfer News. And you know what that means. It's time for Stake Your Claim. I'm going to let you kick it off. Okay. Well, I'm going to take it back to baseball. I know it's been like an hour since we talked about that. but <laughs> has been a while. I believe, actually, I'll, I'll stake my claim that the Angels will sneak into a wild card spot. Okay. Yeah. They're four games out right now, and I think they are set up very well to do it. Okay. And they're going to continue to buy. I think they're going to make one or two more pickups. Um, and I got a feeling they're going to get they're they're going to get hot. I, I just I don't know why. But Trout's going to come back, and yes, they have a tough road in the near future because after the series with Detroit, 
which will culminate today, which they're actually winning 5-0, top of the seventh in the first game of that doubleheader. But they play Toronto, Atlanta, Seattle, San Fran, Houston, Texas, Tampa, Cincinnati. And then it cools off pretty well. You get the Mets, then the Phillies is tough. Then you get the A's, Baltimore's tough. Then you get Cleveland, Seattle, Detroit, Tampa obviously is tough. Minnesota, and then the Rangers as well, and then Oakland to finish out the season. I think there's a good amount of these series that they can win. And that's huge. I agree with you, man. I I really do. Um, So if they get the wild card spot, what do you think that means for them in the playoffs? How how far do you think they'll go? Will they compete at all? I mean, what do you think? I think they could. But, like, most likely – They'll be if they get in, they'll be the third wild card spot, which would put them up against most, you know, as of right now, the Baltimore Orioles, which okay. will be tough, certainly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> time. Yeah, try and win two out of three on the Orioles. See what happens. Is it safe to say that with the Braves and the Rays kind of on like a downstretch right now, that the Orioles are probably the best team in the MLB? Um. It's all star. Yeah, they're five and five in their last ten. <laughs> really? It yeah. Doesn't feel like it. They've lost two in a row, but then again, the Rays are two and eight in their last ten. The Braves are three and seven. So, I don't know. I think honestly, from what I've seen, the Rangers are the best team in baseball at the moment. Yeah, it's another very good team, yeah. dude. Did you hear about the brawl last night? No. What? Oh man, it was um. It was two hit by pitches that were both like not intentional. Yeah. And then Adolis Garcia made it like twelve to nothing with a home run. He pimped okay. it and the bench is cleared. Yeah, I I heard about ejections, but that was it. Yeah. And I think I saw that somebody got like a three game suspension. Yeah. But I mean it's it's exciting to see with the Rangers, man, because uh, like I've said, you know, a lot, this is probably one of my favorite things to say, but the Rangers also have a lot of likable players, and it's cool to see their team getting intense like that. It's something that we haven't seen out of them for a while, you know, yeah. and I, I feel like the teams that brawl like that are the teams that know they have a shot, they're very competitive, and they're all super into the games that they're playing. Yeah. They're all I'm, super invested. I'm reading the article now, so... Yeah, Dolis hit a grand slam. Um, and as him and Marcus Simeon uh got around the bases, they were mouthing off at Martin Maldonado. That led to the benches and bullpens emptying. No punches were thrown, but Maldonado and Simeon were ejected. Um let's see. Simeon said after the game, after I scored on Adolis' grand slam, I told Maldonado, uh, I told you we were going to win this game. And all of a sudden, their bench is out there. Both of us are out of the game. I didn't want to get thrown out of the game. I was just talking to him. Well, that's eh, kind of lame. Yeah. <laughs> Could have came out and said, nah, fuck you. Yeah. That would have <laughs> yeah. given us a good storyline, Marcus. <laughs> yeah, come on, Marcus. Instead, you Simeon? left us with, like, I don't know why they came out. I wasn't even trying to be mean. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't oh, do it. Shit. <laughs> and then Martin um, Maldonado said about this that it's just two guys competing against each other and exchanging words. Two teams that want to win. It's sometimes that happens between the lines. Gotcha. Right. Fair enough. I like it. 
No storylines out of this one. Fucking boring. Nope. Very boring. Yeah, people are gonna try and spin that though. Don't worry about that. Come playoff time oh, when these two teams end up matching up sometime. Yeah, that's. <laughs> They're going to spin it. Don't you worry. 100%. 100%. But, Luke, <laughs> let's hear your stake, your claim, man. Um, Mine is very simple. You know, I, I think the culture of this team has changed a lot. Um, Like Reese James said, they've gotten rid of a lot of, like, you know, locker room cancers, a lot of, like, Debbie Downers in there, you know, not wanting to play for Chelsea, not caring about the, not caring about the games ahead. Chelsea are going to finish top four next season. And – it's put me in a weird spot because, you know, going into this transfer window, I thought it was Chelsea were going to offload all these people and then bring in a lot of people and then sign one huge guy. We haven't really seen the huge guy being signed yet. I would, I personally, I wouldn't call Nkuku like a massive signing because it kind of came free. Uh, or no, it wasn't free, but it was one of those where we like pre-ordered him. So whenever he arrived, it wasn't really that big of a deal because it was already accepted. Yeah. I feel like Chelsea are building a very low-key, sneakily good, young, talented team. I think they'll be top four next year. Okay. Yeah, I, I think they've got the squad that they could put out on the field has certainly top six potential. I think it's about how well some of the players that go out there play that could push them to the top four. I think a big factor is going to be Mikelo Mudrik's development. I think a big part is going to be Enzo Fernandez and how well he can play the role of essentially being the primary playmaker in the midfield. Yes. And then Nicholas Jackson, how many goals can he score? Yeah. Because that's going to be a big part. You guys certainly weren't scoring goals last year. Oh. <laughs> and I think with this lineup, you have the opportunity to score a lot of goals. Yeah. That's going to be huge. I would take a top six from this Chelsea team because okay. it, it really does feel like a rebuild to me. Yeah. It just has to be an exciting top six, which I think is what we're getting. All right. How, but I think they'll be top four. All right. I don't want to put this out there, but how bad does Chelsea have to be for Pochettino to get fired? Oh, man. Because it, you guys have a track record now. That is a very good question. Um. I, you know, with Chelsea, I don't think it needs to be that bad at all. I think it's just going to come down to if we have a cold stretch, when that cold stretch is. Like, like if we're, um, so you play, what, six games in like a Champions League group stage, you play every team twice, home yeah. and away. Yep. I think after three games in the, uh, in the group stage, if Chelsea don't look like they're going th through, no, we won't even be in the Champions League. Nope, you're not. You hmm. won't be in anything except the Premier yeah, League and the Carabao Cup and the FA Cup. Then I think they're going to have patience with Pochettino. Okay. Yep. I think they're going to have patience with him. Okay, if you guys miss Europe again next year, does he get fired? 100%. Okay. Yeah. That's all I want to know. Yep. I'm going to hold you to it. <laughs> we, should at, we should at least get Europe. We, we should at least get Europe, man. <laughs> okay. will, will you take a conference league? Uh, No. Okay, so you have to get top six to be satisfied. Have to get Champions League to be satisfied. Okay. Yeah. Well, because okay, I so don't you know. Have, you have to get a Champions League to be satisfied, 
but you'll keep Poch if you make it to the Europa League. Perfect. I because I will at least give right. it to him where it does feel like a rebuild, which I'm fine with because it's an exciting one. Very okay. likable, exciting players. But, um, yeah, as a Chelsea fan, I am demanding, and I do demand Champions League, but I will be okay with Europa League, um, and I'll be okay with keeping Pochettino if it's Europa League. Okay. All right. That's my final answer. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, we're, uh, what, about two weeks away? Uh, it's not long at all yeah it it is two weeks away um i'm so fucking excited bro yeah so uh, my question to you luke is should i announce my fandom next friday or should i announce it for the friday after that which will be the very start our first premier league weekend preview of the year ah man i think leave it for the preview okay yeah. All right. Sounds good. Well, you guys will just have to wait. I'll give you more time. Yeah. Give me more time. Make sure I get it right. Maybe try and order something to wear. Oh. We'll see. We start filming with our webcams. Yeah. Yeah. We'll That'd see. be cool. You can debut it. We'll see. I'll have to see if I, can, yeah. if I have the money to get a webcam. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't have oh, one on my PC at the moment. But nonetheless, what a fantastic episode. I think that was beautiful stuff that we just put on uh, a master class, if you will. And um, if you want to continue to listen to this master class of a podcast with these two wonderful, handsome co-hosts. Oh, 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 ah, come on, man. Yeah, at least take me to dinner first. (laughs) 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 Then... You should be following us on all the social media platforms. All that shit I told you to do at the beginning. Listen to all the episodes. Tell your friends and family. Tell your dog. Give him a pair of your AirPods. Let him walk around the house listening to Second and Short because we've now got 71 episodes that he could go back and listen to. Though they may be topical, it's fine. And make sure, of course, rating five stars, Apple, Spotify. Make sure you're following on there as well so you get the notifications for the new episodes. Make sure you're subscribing, liking, commenting, doing whatever you feel necessary on YouTube. As well, go to all the social media platforms. Follow us on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. Join the subreddit. I always forget to tell you guys, once we get a few people in there, it's going to get a little more it's going to get a little more usage. Uh, I'm 100% committed to that once I can get some people to commit to it themselves. So um, that's going to do it for us. Luke, thank you. And um, I think it's very obvious we are excited for what is to come this fall. Yeah, I mean, it was a great return episode for me. It feels like I've been gone for a while. Um, but sports are starting to pick back up again, man. Uh, come like maybe the next, I don't know, like three episodes, maybe the the Premier League preview and stuff like Oh, it's going to be so much fun getting to do NFL and Premier League. Uh, that's mainly what I'm looking forward to. And postseason baseball. Yeah, dude. Uh, that's going to be fun, too. It's going to be real fun. And um, make sure you're looking out also for Wednesday episodes. Me and Colin could be talking a whole lot of college football as well. Heck yeah. So um, make sure you're on the lookout. This is sports season coming up, let me tell you. Uh, okay. All right. We're going to get out of here. We'll see you all next week. Peace. Peace.